0: Hello there. Welcome to the 42nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Edie and alongside me, I have my co-host and man of Earth 5,634, Adrian Pinter. Hey, buddy. How's it going? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How are thou? I'm all right. I'm all right. Mm. Day, day. I guess it's day like 10 or day 12 of the
1: lockdown in Ontario. Enough's <laughs> enough. <Ooh>. let <laughs> I said last week we're not bringing this shit up anymore.
0: It's depressing. Well, when you ask me how I am, you know, this is a this is a consequence or a a, a, a lead into how I am, you know what you know what I mean? It's it, it definitely influences my well-being and yours as well, obviously.
1: Mhm. Yeah, it does. I'm going insane. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> what did you eat today?
0: What did I eat? Actually, I ate this place called Coco's Chicken in Guelph. Oh. Shout out to Coco's Chicken. Very good. It's like this South Korean place. Where? Awesome. Downtown? Yeah, it's in downtown Guelph. We just ordered it through Skip the Dishes. It was mm-hmm. worth it. I argue that it was worth it. It took a recommendation from a, a co worker at work. As, as I guess that makes sense. <laughs> but, anyways, a yes. Co-co-worker, so, a co worker? A co worker? A co worker. A cocoa worker. <laughs> no, I don't work a cocoa chicken. Come on. Okay. That's ridiculous. But no, it was good. It was really good. They have like waffle fries. We got uh, mm. popcorn chicken and waffle fries. And I had my typical salad. Did I ever mention on this podcast that I have every meal with a salad? Yep. No matter what it is.
1: Yeah. You, you have.
0: It's a staple. It's a staple of my life. Every every meal. I just get the little, little box salad with my little vinaigrette. Mm-mm-mm. And it's good for dipping for everything, no matter what it is. I've, I've yet to see something that's not good to be dipped in the salad dressing vinaigrette that I make with apple cider vinegar, I must say.
1: Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. it's exciting. It's very so, exciting. So this Coco's Chicken, is this like a franchise, family, like small business? I believe it's a small
0: business, but honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, it apparently opened up just as the pandemic started, uh, cool. which is, I mean, kind of sad, but they're still open. So that's that's exciting.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, is it like a sit down restaurant or would it have been just like a takeout restaurant anyways?
0: I don't know because I didn't go there. I ordered it through Skip the Dishes.
1: Mm, yeah, good call. Good call. I was paying attention. Um, well, interesting. Oh, oh, it's not
0: even Coco. Is this Coco chicken. It's got a pretty good logo. So I don't know. It leads you to believe that it could be could be a franchise. I don't believe it is, though. I believe it's just a a singular entity in downtown Guelph, Ontario, Canada, where we live.
1: Or where I live. I guess you don't live in in Guelph anymore. No. Hey, hey, hey. It's on Uber Eats as well. So I might order it. I might give it a try. Maybe tomorrow or something on Uber Eats. Uh, The reason why I would use Uber Eats instead is because I have a like random $30 off coupon for it. So.
0: Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I use Skip, but they really messed me around today. I It's one of the reasons we're recording slightly late. I tried to order, and I went to go order, and it said I got a $5 off because they screwed up some other order like three months ago. And so I didn't go back to Skip for a little while because of this, but they gave me $5 credit. And so I went to use the credit. It was just automatically applied to this order. I went to Apple Pay and was about to pay, but I was like, did I add the right thing? So I went back into the menu, then went back in, tried to Apple Pay, and realized the $5 was no longer there. And I'm like, what? What happened to the $5? So then I called the, – or I didn't call anyone. I just uh, contacted the support through the Skip the Dishes app. Mm-hmm. And they told me that they can't do anything for me because my payment failed. I'm like, what do you mean? My First of all, my payment didn't fail. They're like, yeah, the financial institution blocked the payment. I'm like, no, it didn't. I just chose not to pay with Apple Pay. Like, I, I, I just – I didn't even – start the transaction at all i just canceled it as soon as i clicked apple pay i'm like does that count and they're like yeah that counts i'm like what does it matter you gave me a five dollar customer accommodation five dollars for for your insolence you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i have no idea how that happened they they messed something up they owed me five dollars and the guy wouldn't give me the five dollars he didn't he did not give me the five dollars back skip the dishes i'm disappointed in you that's all i'm saying i'm not angry i'm just disappointed
1: hmm interesting so are you telling me to skip skip the dishes
0: uh I'm not boycotting boycotting skip the dishes in fact I think that they have actually really competitive fees like they have the the lesser of the fees between skip uber eats and doordash so I actually normally re- recommend skip the dishes almost every time but now I'm questioning it just a little bit because that was a really bad customer experience I was on the chat with that guy for like 20 to 30 minutes just trying to get the five dollar coupon hmm. like what Come on, man. What's the problem? Yeah. What's, what's your problem, man? Yeah. He kept like quoting. He's like, well, on order, blah, 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 blah. You You used it. And I'm like, you just told me it didn't go through. And he's like, yes, it didn't go through because your financial institution blocked the payment. And I'm like, so what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't understand. And it didn't block the payment. I just told you it just went back from Apple Pay. Hmm. It, it makes no sense. They have a broken a broken app.
1: That's ridiculous. Yeah. Screw, skip the dishes.
0: I told the guy, hey, man, like, this is a pretty poor customer experience. Like, no offense to you. And then he's like, yeah, I would agree with you if I was in your shoes, but I can't do anything for you. <laughs> I'm like, what? How is this possible? To be fair, they did say, I'll give you $5 for your next order at the end of the day. I'm like, but why can't you do it on this order? The funny thing was, by the time I had made the purchase, he's like, let me know when you do make the purchase and then I'll credit your account. And he literally, I just said I ordered it, and he credited my account immediately. I'm like, wait, did you make me wait so that you, I couldn't use it on this order, despite the fact that I just told you what happened? He knew that it was a failed payment. Anyway, I don't want to ramble, but second can go on forever. But I, yeah, I was disappointed. Ultimately, I, I still can't believe it. I was hungry, and I was just like, I can't argue with you anymore. You're saying nonsense. I was gonna say, can you can I talk to your superior or something? But I was like, nah, I'm not gonna. I'm mm. not gonna bother. It's five dollars. Like, come on. It's just stupid. Just give me the five dollars back. Yeah, was a, I think it was like a missing thing in my order, or the food took forever, or something like that. It was like took maybe like an hour and a half, or something like that. And the food was cold when it came to us. It was something, something really bad that happened. And they're like, "Oh well, I'm so sorry." And then they gave me five dollar credit that I could use on my next order. This was the next order. Many months later, I come back, another weird problem. Jeez. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You can't get it right.
1: Yeah. Like I use Uber Eats quite often like here and there just because they get a lot of random coupons, even though I don't have like an Uber Eats pass or whatever it's called. But I use DoorDash quite a bit. And I like DoorDash. DoorDash, the fees aren't too bad. They deliver out Mm. to Maryhill, which is quite nice. I don't know. Skip the Dishes does not deliver out to – no, no. Skip the Dishes doesn't even deliver to me, Simon. So they've been vetoed off my list for a while, for three plus years. Yeah,
0: DoorDash and Uber Eats, though, they are more exorbitant in terms of their fees, Mm. I find. But that's fair. And I like Squidward. DoorDash. This just has John Hamm as a like advertising partner, which I appreciate.
1: Well, they need him because the, the service can't sell itself. DoorDash doesn't have any famous partners. They just do a good job delivering you your food, baby. I like DoorDash. I actually paid for DoorDash Pass. I did the free trial, and I didn't cancel it before being charged like the, the, the second month. And honestly, like when I, when I was charged that second month, I was like, you know, what? this is actually a really good service. It's worth it. Why so is it worth it? because it delivers out to Maryhill for free. It's just free delivery. Out to my, Every time? Yeah. Oh. That's yeah, a good value. It was like 10 bucks, I think. Maybe but a little bit. They still charge
0: you their fees though. It's the same thing as a delivery
1: Mm-mm-mm. fee. No, they don't charge you a service fee. They only charge you tax and then you pay a tip. Oh, that's
0: it? Yeah.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Huh. How much is it per month? I think it's like 10 bucks. Okay, I'm, now we're advertising these these services. It's almost like we're sponsored. We're not sponsored by DoorDash, Uber Eats, or Skip the Dishes. I am, and I actually preferred Skip the Dishes before my encounter today.
1: But no, anyway. trust me. Try DoorDash. It's good. Dash Pass. I just want to pay ten dollars a month for it. Well, if you like order like two times a month, it pretty, it pretty much pays for itself. And again, it also gets rid of the uh, the, the 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 service fees. It's like. I think it's like literally, I don't know, maybe they still charge you a bit of a service fee, but it's like an extra buck or two. It's not much.
0: Hmm, I see. All right. I'll take that into consideration. Speaking of service fees, let's talk for a second about, well, this is like a clarification sort of, Mm -hmm. of what we talked about a couple episodes back. We talked about Raya and the Last Dragon, the movie on Disney Plus that costs an additional $35 as a rental for a limited time on Disney Plus Mm -hmm. in order to get it, to rent it. You get it. You can watch it as many times as you want, but you get it temporarily until they make it free for everyone on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Ryan, the last dragon. I looked at this a couple days ago. It's free. No, not free. Sorry. It's on iTunes for $35 without the streaming service price of whatever, $13, $12 a month that you require for Disney+. So you can literally go on iTunes and purchase the rental. No, you can purchase the movie. I don't think you even have to rent it. You buy it for $35. You can own it. Meaning if you cancel Disney Plus, it wouldn't matter because it's not related. Is that not
1: ridiculous, Adrian? That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous, Simon E.D. Because, yeah, it is $35 and you, and you buy it. You own that license, or at least you license that thing. And there's a lot of like hubbub about like, do you really own it, something if you buy like a digital thing? You'll definitely own Ryan the Last Dragon longer on your iTunes account than you would on Disney Plus if you were to just cancel your Disney Plus subscription. And the weirdest part about it as well, unless Disney is going to change the way they did it with Milan, Poulon, sorry, Ryan, The Last Dragon is going to be free on Disney Plus in a few months, in a couple months. At this point,
0: it is. It should be in a month. In like, um, I think at this point, it's one month away.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty silly. Yeah, it's very silly.
0: I I just don't get it though, because it could have been less money on Disney Plus if they accommodated for the fact that you're paying a subscription fee monthly. We've said this many times on this show. We do not like Premier Access titles. It doesn't make any sense. Why is it that I can buy it on iTunes right now for $35 when I would have to rent it and then not own it on Disney Plus for the exact same price? Mm-hmm. Who in their right mind would pay that rental? It just doesn't make any sense. And again, Premier Access is a ripoff. Do not purchase it. Please vote with your wallet because – the next movie on Netflix, The Grey Man, which costs Netflix the most out of any title they've currently ever made in order to make it, they've got Chris Evans, the Russo Brothers lined up, and Ryan Gosling, or as you call him, Ryan the Goose Gosling. Mm-hmm. With that lineup, that's the most expensive movie apparently they're shooting on location that they've ever made. And so I think that they could easily, Netflix could charge for a rental on Netflix. Please, Netflix, don't do this. And also, Disney Plus, please stop doing this. And everyone, stop stop buying this. Stop buying Premiere Access. Like, let Go to the theaters for Black Widow if you can, please. This is just too much.
1: It, it's not good for the, the industry at all. I agree. I agree uh, 100% with everything you said, man. I'm curious if they're going to give us an option to rent Raya and The Last Dragon for like a cheaper price before it going free on Disney Plus. I doubt it. I'm curious if they would do that. I don't think so. I think it will go
0: free and then you'll be able to rent it on iTunes
1: mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, probably.
0: And then you could buy it pro- probably for 20 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Something more realistic.
1: Because if they did like, you know, release it for, let's say it was like six ninety nine or something like that for a rental, I'd honestly pay that to watch it a month at a time. Like, I don't mind doing that. It's $7 for a rental as opposed to $35 on a subscription service. Plus the subscription price. Yeah. Plus that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Jinx. I mean, a relationship and two kids. Anyways, any other uh, show corrections? Uh, I have
0: one clarification. That's uh, kind of a correction from last week, specifically our show last week. Show number 41. Last week, I apologized to Melissa McCarthy because I had mentioned a week back that I didn't think that Melissa McCarthy's acting caliber was good enough or bu- some bullshit. That's not true. Or it wasn't as good as other actresses or actors, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. That's just not the case. I was full of shit because she's been nominated for multiple awards, multiple Oscars even, which is very impressive. Mm -hmm. But when talking about this, I also said that I'd only thought that she was in Mike and Molly, which just doesn't make any sense because even Mike and Molly was nominated for multiple Emmys, And I'm pretty sure Melissa McCarthy was also nominated for an acting award for Mike and Molly. So even her performance in Mike and Molly is incredible. I just—I feel like I've just disrespected Melissa McCarthy, and once again, for the third time, third week in a row, I apologize to Melissa McCarthy for my my bad judgment, and uh, I hope she can forgive me. I know she's listening to the show, of course. So, uh, Melissa, if you're you're out there, I'm so sorry. Right into us, right into us, a split focus podcast at gmail.com, and we can uh, we can have a an open discussion about my stupidity.
1: I yeah, forgive that, you. That,
0: that, that's it. I I apologize to Melissa McCarthy for the third time. I forgive you. You have any corrections? Uh, Why are you forgiving me, Adrian?
1: I don't have any more corrections now.
0: Why did you say I forgive you? What do you mean? You just said I forgive you.
1: No, that was Melissa McCarthy.
0: Melissa McCarthy isn't on our
1: show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jokes on you, Simon. I've been Melissa McCarthy this entire time.
0: Oh my God, she's the
1: greatest actor of
0: all time. (laughs) She's amazing. You're the greatest Uh, actor of all time. I'm sorry, you're Melissa McCarthy.
1: I am Melissa McCarthy. It's me speaking in the first person. That's
0: incredible. It is. Were you always Melissa McCarthy? Like even when we were in the same room recording this podcast or only now, now that I can't see you?
1: The entire time. No way.
0: You're, Mm -hmm. oh my God. This is, you're the best actor I've ever seen in my life.
1: Thank you. I, we hired the same guy that did Gary Oldman's makeup in um, The Darkest Hour.
0: Oh, that guy's great.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. incredible
0: makeup. It's incredible. What happened to Adrian, though? Because I, I do need to do the podcast with Adrian. I've been Adrian this
1: entire time. His entire... No, I'm not going to carry on. It's me, Simon. It's me. It's me, Adrian, again. I'm back. Melissa gave me the microphone back. She's so great. I love her. Anyways.
0: I feel like this bit has gone on <laughs> <laughs> too long and we didn't organize it properly this, this doesn't make any sense so melissa me. mccarthy was in the room with us the whole time while you were also in the room no come on i,
1: I am melissa mccarthy
0: what this is the most this is like this is like it's, the question of is god jesus and is jesus god i am such a good actor the father the son and the holy spirit i'm a
1: i'm a, I'm a such a good actor that i tricked you a second time immediately after the,
0: the father the son and the melissa mccarthy
1: mm-hmm <laughs> uh, that's a little bit blasphemous
0: i i know i'm sorry i apologize to any catholics listen, listening to our show uh yeah uh, anyway um <laughs> okay let's move on to, let's move on past that hail mary um, full of grace the lord, lord is with thee. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splifocuspodcast at gmail.com. And longtime listener Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us once again and he said, Fellow film aficionados, just a quick note in case you missed the news. Mads Mickelson has been added to the cast of Indiana Jones 5, and a 4K box set of Indiana Jones 1 to 4 is available meow for pre-order. <gasps>
1: Oh, pretty cool. Maybe I will not buy that and just watch it on uh whatever uh streaming service it's on. That's awesome. I love Mads Mikkelsen. It's Mickelson. Right. Yeah.
0: It's definitely Mikkelsen. Mickelson. It's yeah. Mads Mickelson. The star of another round in Hannibal. Yes. Casino
1: Royale. Yeah, that's what I said. Mads Mickelson. Okay. Mikkelsen.
0: Uh, no. All right. It's fine, it's fine. Regardless, um, I'm excited that Mads Mickelson's in this for sure. It's going to be cool. Is he playing the villain? What do you think?
1: Well, maybe he plays such a good villain. So I, I would like to see it. I don't know. He's, he's just so intimidating. um, And he, yeah, he is just such a, such a, what, what's the word I'm looking for? He just draws your eyes to the screen. He's terrifying. A great presence. I, th- I think he can do a great job as a villain. But again, he's proven himself to be like a hey, protagonist as well, or a, uh, like a not like a nice guy um, too. So either way, he's gonna he's gonna kill it. I, I love him in pretty much everything he's in. So yeah, do you think he's gonna be the villain?
0: Uh, I have a feeling yes, because we haven't heard anything about a villain being cast, but we'll find out. To continue Ken's email, hmm. he goes on. If you haven't seen the trailer to Netflix's Godzilla Singular Point, I recommend it. The thirteen-part series should premiere in June. Keep on with the podcast, fun! Can't wait to hear the next one. Signed, Kenneth, and a quote here. Oh, we got a little bit of we got a bit of, a little bit of a teleplay here. Um, I'll be Marion, you be Indy. How's that sound? Okay, okay, okay. Marion goes first. Okay. You're not the man I knew ten years ago. It's not the eyes, honey. It's the mileage. It's not the eyes. It says years. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. Why is Indiana Jones goofy?
1: that's not that's my indie impression all right anyway a quote
0: by karen allen and harrison ford from indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark thank you (laughs) kenneth once again for writing into us you're a staple on our show and i very much appreciate you but to go back to his second point which was about netflix godzilla singular point did you watch the
1: trailer for that i did not honestly i didn't even hear about it i don't think oh but maybe i did who knows let me check let me check let me see if this will ring a bell real quick
0: I don't think I did. The singular point is the, am I crazy? It's the animated series, right?
1: Um, That seems right. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a Netflix anime. Godzilla singular point. I feel like I'm kind of surprised that you didn't watch that of all people. I don't know. I didn't How see you're... it. I didn't see it. Ah, actually, I remember the teaser. The teaser came out like five months ago, according to this. I was going to say like a year ago. The <laughs> five months ago seems more reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't seen this uh, most. I haven't seen this trailer. No. Um, but this seems definitely interesting. I'd be down for it. I'm curious, curious what it's going to be. If it's just Godzilla destroying a bunch of stuff, I'm, I'm all in. Is it a, is it a series or a movie? It was supposed to be a 13 series. Part series. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I kind of want to watch the trailer real quick. Do you want to just watch the trailer real quick?
0: Yeah. Let's, let's watch the trailer and then cut to the moment we finish the trailer. How's that sound?
1: Sounds good. Okay. So
0: there's going to be a weird cut in a moment, but we're okay. going to watch the trailer. Cool. And you can follow along. Pause Pause the podcast. Watch the trailer for Godzilla Singular Point, the Netflix of anime series. hmm All right. We've jumped through time, and we've now watched
1: the trailer. Well, at least I have. Oh. Uh, I have. Have you? Damn, sorry. Here, another pause quick. Let me watch the trailer.
0: You definitely watched the trailer. Come on. Did you not watch it? What were you doing the whole time?
1: <laughs> I watched it, you silly goose, obviously.
0: Okay, and what did you think of it? I mean, it looks pretty cool. I
1: think it looks uh, pretty interesting. Um, I was hoping it was more so of like just Godzilla destroying a bunch of stuff, which is, it seems like it kind of is. Looks like it's going to be pretty action packed, starring some kids and stuff. I don't know. Uh, I'm interested enough. I'll probably, I'll definitely check out the first couple episodes and see how it, how it sticks. I don't regularly love that CG animation mixed with like traditional 2D anime. I kind of wish like it was purely 2D anime um or traditional anime style but uh hey you can't it's probably cheaper to do it this way i would imagine but yeah it looks pretty good it looks pretty good i'm i'm, I'm definitely i'm definitely gonna watch it at least the first couple episodes how about you
0: i don't know i feel like it definitely falls into right in the trailer into the what i think are like the anime tropes what do you mean you know what i'm saying well like the music choices like the fast cuts like the whoosh kind of noise
1: Yeah, but that's a trailer. But yeah, I mean, like it might do stuff like that, but I don't know.
0: It just felt like that song was completely out of place. I don't know. I'm just not, it felt jarring to me. And I I feel like that's what anime ends up being a lot of the time for me is the little bit jarring in terms of its transitions.
1: Fair enough. You get used to it. It's like a, it's an art form. But I I imagine that like theme song is, it's going to be like the opening song or the end song of the anime. I doubt they're just going to have like, intense music playing all the time
0: <laughs> yeah 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 no I, i'm not ruling it out but i'm not uh super keen on it necessarily yeah
1: i feel like it looks more interesting than the pacific rim uh series i, I mentioned that i watched like the first episode a while ago um and i don't know like i I, w- I was planning on going back to it but i guess like it just didn't hook me enough to really want me to i thought it did and then anytime i was given the opportunity i just watched Grey's anatomy so. oh i see yeah gotcha
0: no more episodes like that uh terrible
1: episode with the car crash and the musical no thank goodness thank goodness no more I actually am on episode uh, sorry season nine now um so I'm just oh wow I'm just going through this show man I'm eating it up um and there's like this pretty big episode I'm sure like you've heard of it because I I didn't realize this happened I guess this early in the show or whatever but there's there's like a plane if crash. You're season nine dude yeah early well like
0: this long well, ago see
1: it- I guess I should say this long ago because oh, it's see. cause cause yeah, they're on season like 17 or whatever,
0: but yeah, like, like it, most uh, series don't reach like season
1: nine is what I meant. You know you're I mean? right. You're right. You're right. But yeah, the, uh, I don't know. The ending of season eight is pretty wild. It's like a, like a big thing happens. It's not anything I'd expect. I feel like everyone's like seen those like commercials way back in the day where it was like a plane crash or whatever. But yeah, like some right. of the some of the characters aren't playing crash and everything. And it's super yeah, intense yeah. and it's like the season finale episode and then it like kind of ends very abruptly. And I was like, "Oh, it's a two-parter." And then it's like, "No." Like season 9 starts. And I was like, and they do like a weird time jump and I was literally thinking there. I was like, "If I had to wait a year for this, I would have blown my brains out." Cuz I was like, "Oh man, this is so crazy." And then the season 9 episode starts and it's like not even referencing what happened. Because it's like oh, again, no. it's like a time jump. I was like, "You got to be freaking kidding me!" It it does, it 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 does eventually. It just starts off that way, and I was getting so impatient waiting like the twenty minutes before it started like revealing what happened and like kind of flashing back to it that I was like, "I, I was just thinking, imagine if I had to wait a year and then that was how the episode started, I would snap." So <laughs> I was, it, I was kind of annoyed about that. But other than that, it's it's good. It's really good. I still, I'm still enjoying watching it a uh, bunch of characters get like written off and some characters get killed off and everything like that. It's, they go pretty intense. And so a lot of my favorite characters are kind of gone or at least, Oh no. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit weird, but again, my favorite characters were characters that came in on the later seasons. So I don't know, maybe, uh maybe these like newer characters will grow on me as well and everything like that. So, it's kind of interesting. It's interesting. It's it's nice. Again, I I've said it before and you think it's not a compliment, but it's a really good background TV. It's easy to watch, easy to listen to. And uh yeah, it's good. It's good. That's my that's my weekly Grey's Anatomy update for
0: you. Sweet. What's uh what else have you been watching this week? Um, Has it just been Grey's
1: Anatomy? Hmm? No, no, actually. There's been a couple of things I watched. Um, Actually, one thing I want to mention, not about Grey's, but since we already talked about a trailer, is that they revealed the Resident Evil Infinite Darkness trailer, which is a Netflix animated series as well, um, based in the Resident Evil universe, starring uh, Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield, um, the main characters of Resident Evil 2. But it takes place after Resident... Anyways. Timeline's all messed up, but anyways, that trailer looks pretty damn good. Uh, I'm definitely excited about that one. I think that series is coming out in July, so that's a Netflix series I'm definitely gonna watch. I'm, I've been, I realize like I'm a pretty big Resident Evil fan, not necessarily the movie franchises, but the games without even realizing it. I played pretty much all of them, and I'm super excited for Resident Evil 8, uh, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. Book time oh, off work for that, but yeah, anyways, uh, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness looks really good. I'm excited for that. That's great, yeah. What have you watched? I watched, I watched some more Superstore, but I don't want to talk about that too much. I, I,
0: re- I really am enjoying it. I think it's really funny and it's great. Uh, I think it's in its last sec, its sixth season right now, which is cool. But the main thing that I'd like to talk about that I've been watching this week or that I did watch this week is the Oscar-nominated, Best Picture-nominated film Nomadland, which <gasps> I know you watched as well, if I'm not mistaken. You're not mistaken.
1: I did watch it. What did you think? I thought it was amazing. What did you think? I thought it was uh, pretty good. I didn't love it. I'll be honest with you, uh, but I think it's Ooh. a really good movie. Um, I don't know if I would recommend it to everyone. Ooh. Cause it's, uh, it's interesting. I don't know. It's, it's different. It's not a movie that I'm relatively used to. And like while watching it, all the descriptors I want, want to use for it seem very negative, but for whatever reason, I, I still really liked it. The movie okay. is filled with like a lot of, you know, slow moving shots or these long shots on like open roads and beautiful fields with like music playing in the background. And I mean, the shots are beautiful. Like the cinematography in this movie is absolutely fantastic. It's really, really good. And the music just goes like the score goes so well with all these shots. And yeah,
0: it's piano pretty much. I think only like it's exclusively piano, the score, which is,
1: yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. it, It sounds fantastic. And although not much is going on, it's, like I'm still just staring at the screen and like almost admiring what I'm seeing, which is very odd to say in the movie. Um, the movie itself is takes place over a, a year um, uh, following this one character, but as well as all these characters that she meets throughout her, uh, throughout this year or, or characters that she's already known uh, main character being uh, played by Francis McDormand and, um, and she's, she's, she's amazing in this movie. And she's this, you know, nomad. So doesn't have like a house, but her home is her van. And, you know, she's just kind of driving around. I guess this is kind of inspired by true events, not necessarily based on a true story of, you know, this town called Empire, if I recall correctly, in uh, the US, that was like a small town that I, I don't know, I think they, I forget what the, it's like a type of, stone that they sold or, or manufactured or whatever and then within like a couple days like the entire factory got shut down and everyone that worked there lost their homes and everything like that uh it took place in like 2011 or whatever and then the movie takes place shortly after that again with francis mcdormand she's kind of a like her husband passed passed away before the movie takes place and she's again just being a nomad just traveling around working enough to you know keep her a lot herself alive but not actually like settling down anywhere and living in a home and uh it's filled with a lot of just what i want to almost say is boring and almost pointless dialogue that but it's still very interesting dialogue i I don't know i can't really put my finger on why i like this movie so much but there's something very beautiful about it you know there's just like these characters list talking about this random shit talking about their past that and i've never even met them before or seen them before and I'm still just, my eyes are just glued to the screen and listening to it going on. So I don't know. Again, I I think it's a really good movie and I really liked it, but I, I I just don't know if I could necessarily recommend it to everyone. If that makes any sense.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's, that's fair. It's definitely sad. Like it's, it's like a definitely a beautifully sad movie.
1: Yeah. It's uh, melancholy is what I would use. Like it's melancholy all throughout.
0: It's extremely human. And I think that that's the biggest element. I feel like that, that, that just continued to draw me in is like a very, very human story. And I think that David Stradhorn, uh, like he does such a great job too. And like he, they both kind of seem like they're just not acting, that they're that real, that they're just the, they are these people, which is just, that's the, probably one of the most impressive things about the movie in general. The interesting thing is that Bob Wells, I don't know if you remember the character, Bob Wells, the guy with the beard in mm-hmm. swanky. Yep, the uh, lady with the cast, like the nomads. Yep, those two individuals are not actors; they are actual nomads that they just hired to do to do the role. Oh, also Linda May as well. Those are mm-hmm. actual nomads that they just hired on. Like Chloe Zhao, the director, apparently approached them and and like apparently Swanky was like, I I don't want to have, an to have anything to do with this, and she needed like some kind of surgery. And I think she may have agreed to it because she got paid for it. I don't know. I'm not sure. But it was. She's like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. I don't have no idea who Francis McDormand is because it's it's not George Clooney. I guess or like, I don't know. Uh, Julie Roberts. Uh, so she didn't recognize the name. She's like, I don't. I don't want anything to do with this. But apparently, Chloe Zhao was able to convince her to do the movie. And I just find that like it's extremely real. And that's one of the the greatest elements of of, of it is how real it feels it feels the dialogue may not be completely plot serving but that's what's so kind of interesting about it and the interesting locations they go to like it just kind of keeps you intrigued the whole way through and you're kind of wondering where francis francis mcdormand's character is going to end up at the end
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's exactly it man it it is a very real like it does feel real and it's crazy that you say that because i was thinking like because in the credits when they write the person's name and it is literally their name, like it's like swanky is in the credits as swanky. So uh, I, I honestly didn't just dis- like, for whatever reason I just didn't look it up, but that's cool that you revealed that to me. I had no idea because they, it seemed like, so com- like I, I didn't real, I don't know. It's, it's almost odd because again, they're technically not acting. They're just talking and being themselves, but it is acting. And it- I didn't realize that whatsoever. It, that's super cool, man. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, it's neat. Like it just it's such a calming movie as well there's something very centered about it and again much like promising young woman this movie it knows what it is like cloe Zhao knows what the the whole idea of the movie is and she just keeps the thematic
1: mm-hmm.
0: tone all the way through so consistently and so brilliantly it's 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 fantastic it it is good it's just really sad and it just it's, there's something lonely and i don't know it's very human i don't know it's just kind of it's really good it is. I, I really do like it. It's it is just it's just sad is my, my main thing. So I, I guess I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who's necessarily sad, I guess. But other than that, I do recommend it. I think that it has a real shot at winning Best Picture. Another note, the only thing actually that's a legitimate criticism, I think, is that I didn't really know at a certain point, I think the last like 20 minutes, when it might end. That was the only thing I was like, I could end now. I couldn't end now. Maybe 30 minutes. I don't know. It's like one of those things that the. I was wondering, like where are they going with this at a certain point? I'm like, now I actually don't know, which is a weird thing. And I find that other movies have done this in the past. I feel mm-hmm. like, well, like a really, really off, not even close to the same kind of movie example of this would be Justice League. Like <laughs> the Justice League Snyder Cut is like, where the heck? That movie, I, I thought it could have ended like four or five times.
1: Yeah. Like, exactly. Honestly.
0: So that's kind of the, a similar feeling there. But I just feel like that was the only thing I was kind of – Unsure, there was a couple shots. I'm like, oh, they're gonna end it here. And then Chloe Zhao shot away and then kind of kept it going. But again, beautiful story. Really cool. I was intrigued the whole way through. The music is incredible. Like you say, David Stradharn Francis McDormand, incredible acting. They they deserve any awards that they've they've won for sure. And I'm curious to see how this does at the Oscars. I'm I'm mm-hmm. genuinely curious. Yeah. Me too.
1: Me too. Super cool that. Again, she like wrote, directed and edited the movie. So like she really got to put her vision out there. And uh, I'm curious what she can do with The Eternals because The Eternals is obviously oh, gonna yeah. be a very, very different movie than this. I'm curious what she can do if she can almost make that movie feel like melancholy and, uh, you know, not go that almost comedic route that Marvel's been uh, doing a lot recently and kind of make a depressing movie. Which uh, I could, I would love to see, but who knows?
0: I don't think they'll do that. I think that there's always comedic elements in every Marvel movie in some way or another. And I don't think they're going to leave that kind of beaten path. But if you look at like Taika Waititi or James Gunn, the movies they had done prior to the Marvel movies they eventually made, Thor Ragnarok and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, respectively. They're very different movies than what they ended up bringing to Marvel. Although you can see their stylings clearly. Mm-hmm. That's what's so exciting is that this is a different beast of a movie. And what will it mean for the Eternals? I'm so that's, it's really exciting. Actually. That's one of the, I, I agree with you after this movie, was done. I was like, this is a really good movie. What, this is the director of the Eternals. What, what is this going to be? I, <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I'm very intrigued. I'm excited. James Gunn is the most like, shocking one to me. When they cast James Gunn, I'd already seen the movie Super. I haven't watched Slither. I think that was like his his first feature. It was, it was first big feature. It was, yeah. But Super is like so so first of all so rated R. And it's just so indie and it's brilliant, but in such a different way. And it's it's just not something you would ever think would be in a Marvel movie. And so I was intrigued. I was like, "What? The guy who made Super is making Guardians of the Galaxy. First of all, Guardians of the Galaxy, people barely even ever heard of it. Like it was just not a popular or as popular, obviously, as you know, Iron Man or Spider-Man as a comic book series. But as like there's also you gave James Gunn the reins. Could this possibly be good? And obviously they chose a winner. And I swear they they have to have chosen a winner, which with Chloe Zhao, considering that she's won so many awards for for Nomadland. Mm-hmm. And I just want to mention here, she's the director, she's the writer, whatever, but she's nominated for Best Directing as well. This movie, in order to wrangle and organize this and able to like put this kind of thing together in such a comprehensive way that the story just works so well together. Considering the real people involved and even the Amazon warehouse and the, 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 the number of locations, which seem to just have again a lot of real people not actors involved it's a lot I just think that it's it's brilliant and I'm again uh, I, I think she's got a good chance of winning best director because it's just it's so uniquely put together and, and and it's again got real people in it that are arguably acting fairly well like they're they feel like they are real people and they yeah. are and I think again that whole thing is impressive so I think that she's got a good chance for the best director award just because of the way she's managed to
1: pull this beautiful movie together yeah I agree completely uh, quick aside you mentioning James Gunn we should watch uh, well I gotta watch Super but I feel like you should re-watch it as well And uh, re-watch yeah Super and Slither re-watch slash watch Jesus Christ Super and Slither before uh, Suicide Squad and do like a little James Gunn movie review song's guardians of the galaxy yeah if we if we find the time let's let's do it or if we remember
0: i don't want to commit too much because i feel like you you know you you commit to a lot on this podcast adrian and then i say yeah sure and then we don't do it and some fan out there in utah united states is upset i guarantee you they're like oh adrian's not telling the truth you know what i'm saying
1: i'm sorry i'm just trying to keep us honest just trying to keep us honest well i'm gonna make the commitment of maybe doing that. How about that? <laughs> Great.
0: Sounds good. Cool.
1: So I guess uh now is a good as, as good a time as any. We made the commitment to watch all the Oscar movies, I guess, or, or rate the Oscar what we think is going to win at the Oscars, you know, the week before the Oscars can- comes out.
0: The Oscars, of course, airing on April the 25th.
1: So what we're actually going to do instead to give us a little bit more time to watch the last few movies that are Oscar Oscar nominated best pictures is we're going to release a closer look episode for this Friday with our predictions. That's correct. Which is a little bit of a, yeah, it's a little bit of a different version of our closer look instead of, you know, making a closer look at the movies. We do a closer look at our predictions for the Oscars. And that way we can kind of just just go for it uh, and then watch these, these I don't know how many movies we're missing, missing for over the next few days and give you enough time to edit it and all that jazz.
0: Yeah. The only thing is, is that I'm not sure we're committed to watching all of them we'd have to pay over $60 to rent the movies. They didn't make them readily available. If all the movies are readily available to rent for like $6 or they're on a streaming service, then I think we'll watch them all. But right now, it's just Sound of Metal that's available as the last movie that we can watch without spending $20 to $25 to rent it. So our commitment to watching them all is kind of a little bit of a a wavering thing. We're definitely going to watch Sound of Metal and the Riz Ahmed movie, but
1: and I feel like I don't know, I'm I'm more than willing to make the commitment to watch Minari as well because I just I just want to watch that movie. I'm willing to drop twenty-five bucks on that if you are.
0: Yeah, it's twenty dollars actually for Minari. So it's not as bad. It's also not premiere access, so it's not some bullshit. Like you're know, being charged thirty-five dollars above a streaming service and making that very clear where my line is drawn. I think Minari is a really good choice to watch as well, so I I'm also willing to watch that too, just because obviously that film is I mean, it's been nominated for a tremendous number of, of awards, and it's won a crazy number of them as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's just behind Nomadland for most wins so far in the awards season. And then I think behind that is Soul. So, uh, yeah, I would agree with you. Let's watch a Minari and Sound of Metal. Hopefully, Judas and the Black Messiah and The Father go on sale for rentals. Free to play. Goes in streaming. Some streaming service scoops them up, like Amazon Prime Video. Or Crave or something like that, that would be fantastic, but we just have to wait and see. Yeah. See if that happens. The one I'm actually least the least honestly interested in, gotta be honest with you, is the father. It looks like the most depressing movie we could possibly watch. Dementia is a very scary disease, and I that's the one I've got probably the least interest in watching. Although Anthony Hopkins is like a force to be reckoned with, so I I do wanna watch it. I just feel like out of the movies we have an option for, Jews and the Black Messiah probably that trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah has roped me in so hard. I really wish it wasn't the most expensive. It's 25 bucks mm. in Canada to rent. Lucky people with HBO Max subscriptions can watch it for free. So,
1: Yeah, listener from Utah.
0: Yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy from Utah, you lucky bastard.
1: I hope you're well, Jeremy from Utah.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. Anyway, should we move on to the news? What do you think, Adrian? No. Well, that's too bad. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as reported by tech website The Verge, Netflix and Legendary Pictures are teaming up for a live-action movie adaptation of the ever-popular Gundam anime TV series. The film is set to be directed by Kong Skull Island director Jordan Voigt roberts and currently has no announced Netflix release date. Legendary Pictures has a proven track record of producing highly successful big monster-centered blockbusters, with the Pacific Rim series and the Kong Godzilla MonsterVerse films making a tremendous amount of money at the box office. The Gundam movie is currently untitled. Adrian, I know how much you love these anime series. What are you thinking about this?
1: So, Simon, I'm thinking a few things, my friend. So, I like Gundam stuff. A decent amount. I'm not like a huge fan by any means. And I've only watched a few of the many, many series. There's like 30 plus Gundam movies slash TV shows. I'm not even joking. Like this, the Gundam universe is ginormous. And like the one that I specifically remember the most, it aired on YTV when I was younger on Friday nights, was Gundam Seed um, with like, I think the main character is like uh, Kira Yamato and Athrun Zala. Uh, I used to actually name a lot of my characters whenever I played video games. Atherin, funnily enough, because of that show. Oh, yeah. Okay. I really love that series. Like, I, I remember watching it again every Friday, being super excited to watch it on YTV. And there's some wild stuff that happens. And, you know, just Gundam as a concept is super cool. It's these big robots, you know, controlled by people, like fighting these big galactic wars, essentially, with one another and using like these, you know, there's like, you know, select few people that can use these Gundams and they're just murdering each other. And it's, so in other words, the power Rangers, no, but they're like huge mech suits. Like it, I, I know, would say, I, I would say it's closer to Pacific Rim in that style. But again, these like mech well, suits. No,
0: power Rangers, Rangers has mech suits. They have mech suits they can get into, right?
1: I guess so. But yeah, it's like all four, five power Rangers in one big suit. I don't know. I'm not a huge yeah, power yeah, Rangers yeah, guy. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. It's
0: all good. Neither am I really.
1: Yeah. I just, just drawing lines
0: where they don't necessarily belong yeah
1: but like these gundams can you know like fly through space they're they're like spaceship machines that like just destroy like one another and can destroy like cities and everything like that it's it's a really cool cool franchise but again i I will admit i'm not i'm not i'm not into like super into it i've probably watched like a total of let's say like one percent of all the gundam stuff because there's just so many different uh I guess, universe, uh, not universes, but again, TV shows and everything within this universe um, that are like different timelines and everything like that. So, you know, there's like a future timeline and like just different years. And it's, it's, it's wild. Um, so it's a very, very huge series. And Jordan Vogt Roberts, obviously, he's proven himself with Kong Skull Island. I really like that movie. And he seems like a big fan become director, which I really like.
0: Oh, yeah. Did he seem. I didn't I didn't look into that part. Did he like was he quoted as saying that he's a big fan of Gundam? So it's
1: not the Gundam thing I'm referring to actually. It's oh. the um like he uh is in charge or I guess in line or is the director for the Metal Gear Solid movie. Metal Gear Solid being a original like PlayStation series, I guess. Um made by Hideo Kojima, who's um you know very very big guy in the in the gaming industry. Most recently, he made Death Stranding, which is a PlayStation uh, exclusive, also on PC, I guess. Uh, but, you know, this this visionary that comes up with these wild stories. And Jordan Roberts is a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. And, uh, you know, he got the opportunity to direct the movie and even got like Hideo Kojima's blessing and everything like that to direct it, which is super cool. Like reached out to him and everything like that. So. He's very obviously like a fan of like the projects he does. He's mentioned that he was a fan of King Kong when he was younger and wanted to make Kong Skull Island. So, I'm fairly confident that this guy is uh, he can do something great with this. And again, there's so many options for him to, I guess, adapt um, that he can go pretty wild with this. Like, I I don't know if he's going to go like the Gundam Seed route and use the characters that I'm familiar with and that I kind of watched when I was younger. But again, just the idea of these big robots fighting each other in space seems uh, cool, which um, I feel like I should watch the Transformers movies. I know they're not good, but maybe I would like them just because of the action. I don't know. Who knows?
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Like my most, my biggest focus for this news story, in my opinion, for something I'd be interested in for sure is Jordan Roberts. I, I think that honestly, Kong Skull Island is by far and away the best of the Monsterverse movies. And I think that was a really fun time. It had great actors. It had a great Plot, in my opinion, it was really fun. The th- it was thematically fantastic. The music was great, and yeah, I I actually had forgotten that he was tapped for the Metal Gear Solid movie with with Oscar Isaac as as Solid Snake. So I actually, yeah, I am very curious what he can pull together. I don't know. I don't think I've seen any other Jordan Roberts movies. I don't know if you have. I don't believe so. I think it's just Kong Skull Island, but I mean, that movie is good. So I, I am kind of excited to see what he does with Metal Gear as well. Uh, I wonder which one of these comes out first. I'm guessing Metal Gear, considering they, I mean they've already cast... That film, so I don't know if they're when they're filming that. I didn't notice that. We talked about that many weeks ago on this podcast. I just don't recall when they're actually starting production.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I know Jordan Vote Roberts has been attached to Metal Gear for over a year at this point, so I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah, I think you're uh, probably right about Gundam coming out first
0: yeah i I don't know i'm not honestly sure i have no clue it seems like people are curious what's actually happening with the metal gear solid film like it seems like it's kind of stuck in hopefully not development hell but it's stuck somewhere yeah so yeah i don't know i guess we'll we'll find out but yeah gundam is apparently more popular than i thought too i didn't know that there's been this much like are they still making gundam anime content right now
1: I believe so. Is that something that's running. Yeah, I believe so. Really? Yeah, man. This, oh wow. Yeah, okay. this franchise franchise has been running longer than I've been alive. Okay, cool. I, I'm going to do a quick little Wikipedia search. I guess it started as like a novel. 1979.
0: 1979. Wait, wait, was it was a manga, right? It was, this is a comic. Um, Am I
1: crazy? The, the franchise began on April 7th, 1979 with Mobile Suit Gundam, a TV series that defined the real robot mecha anime genre by featuring giant robots called mobile suits, including the original titular mecha in a mili- militaristic setting. The popularity of the series and its merchandise spawned a franchise that includes 50 TV series, films, and OVAs, as well as manga, novel, manga, novels, and video games, along with a whole industry of plastic model kits known as Gunpla, which makes up Ooh. 90% of the Japanese character plastic model market.
0: Okay, wow. Yeah. Sorry, where's that? What's that source?
1: Uh, Wikipedia. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Shout out to Wikipedia. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. 50 series is wild. That is an incredible amount of content. I am genuinely curious what Jordan Vout Roberts does with this series. We'll just have to wait and see. Cool, man. Super cool. Already. Number two. As announced by director Zack Snyder's recently released trailer for Army of the Dead, his new Zombie Apocalypse Netflix film is slated for release on May 21st, 2021. According to website Vulture, Army of the Dead is also set for a theatrical release on May 14th in select theaters. Hmm. The movie stars an ensemble cast comprised of Guardians of the Galaxy's Dave Bautista, comedian. Tig Notaro, and Avengers Endgame's Hiroyuki Sanada, As reported by publication Variety from September of 2020, an Army of the Dead animated sequel TV series and a live action prequel film are also currently in development at Netflix. No release dates have been announced for either of these new properties as of yet. Adrian, what are you making of this? I have a strong feeling that you watched the Army of the Dead new trailer. And uh, what
1: did you, what do you think of it? I did watch it actually. Um, it seems pretty damn interesting. I did not expect them to go to the right. Sorry, to go the route of intelligent zombies. It's kind of surprising. I was curious if this was going to be in some, some sort of way related to the, his dawn of the dead remake, which at this point I feel like it still could be because again, we don't know what happened. Like if these zombies have developed or whatever, This looks like a movie that's going to be super fun, just like a good romp. And uh, I'm definitely interested in. Did you watch the trailer? I did. I did indeed. And yes, I was also surprised that the zombies
0: are so intelligent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like I don't know if it's like all of them are intelligent or if it's some sort of hive mind type thing, like a queen zombie, like controlling them. But they definitely seem smarter than regular zombies. Um, And I'm curious what you can kind of do with that. I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest with you when I initially saw that, but at the same time, I'm like something a little bit different, you know, something that could uh, it almost kind of reminds me of the White Walkers a little bit from Game of Thrones. So hmm. but a lot of them. That's yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. An army, one might say <laughs> of the White Walkers. No type
0: zombies. I what? Well, yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. It's an ensemble cast. That's kind of the most interesting thing. I think that how these characters play off of each other is the thing that's going to be the most interesting to me. I kind of, I really like the idea of that heist aspect. They're mm-hmm. going in for this like crazy heist in Las Vegas and they come out and realize, well, money's useless now. So <laughs> that was a waste of time. Yeah. Th- but at least they're armed to the teeth, I suppose.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. But the thing that kind of confused me, maybe I'm just stupid, but like watching the trailer, it made it seem like they were just doing this heist and there was already a zombie apocalypse. Like that's really yeah that's what I didn't get that impression because when they come out yeah it's like a like it seems like a barren wasteland like everything's destroyed how long was that heist I think they got stuck in there
0: that's yeah. what I think happened mm. I think they somehow got stuck in that spot and they they couldn't get out I guess they got locked in that's my guess as to what happened I don't know but I'm fairly certain it was not a zombie apocalypse before they did the heist I mean mm. money doesn't really mean much if you're living among the undead.
1: You're exactly right. I'm curious. I, I don't know. I definitely, I'm definitely like excited for this movie. I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was kind of curious about that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I missed something or blinked and but yeah, that, I, I was confused. Like <laughs> watching that trailer, I was like, is it already the zombie apocalypse? Cause again, this animated, uh, sorry, not the animated uh, series, but it, yeah, I guess this like live action prequel film, it's supposed to be like the beginning of the outbreak. And I don't think it's any of the same characters. Zack Snyder's not coming back for that one. So I don't know, like reading about that prequel series as well, it made me kind of think like, oh, like maybe this is deeper into it. Maybe I was just, I guess, looking into it a little bit too deeply. But I don't know. Um, yeah, it seems interesting to me. Like I'm definitely sold on this. I'm definitely going to watch it when it releases on Netflix.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'll, I'll probably watch it as well. Uh, maybe I'll wait to see how maybe it's rated. Although I, I guess... <laughs> critics are have, have a little bit of a mixed reaction to Zack Snyder's movie. So I'm not sure that I guess the critics look at outlook on this movie is going to, or it should change my mind on it, but
1: um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, critics are riding high on Zack Snyder currently. So maybe, maybe that'll almost help him. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It seems like Dave Bautista is kind of the starring role in some way. It does seem like, again, it's, it's focused on the ensemble, but they, I mean, they start the trailer off with Dave Bautista. So. Mm.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, I think he's the guy that's going to bring the most people in, most likely. I know like Tignatara is like, I guess, relatively popular, but I don't think she's like, she's not huge. I did watch her Netflix uh, comedy special, actually, one of them. I don't know if she has multiple. It was pretty good. It was pretty funny. She has a very like dry sense of humor and very monotone delivery, which I always appreciate in like a comedian. Um, I was watching it with a buddy of mine like a while back. I don't even remember how long ago. Uh, but he didn't like it at all. But I don't know. I, I laughed a few times. Um, it's not like, ha ha, like my stomach's hurting funny. But again, and she just has really good delivery, very monotone delivery. And I feel like that would work well in a zombie apocalypse sort of uh, setting. I'm curious.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Alrighty. Number three. As referenced by publication, The Hollywood Reporter, Star Wars actor Mark Hamill and comedian Bert Kreischer have been cast in a new film called The Machine. This, based upon a story Kreischer told on stage about his trip to Russia. The story follows Kreischer as he goes on a college trip to Russia in the 1990s and falls in with the Russian mob. The 2016 YouTube clip of Kreischer telling this story during a stand-up special has been viewed over 80 million times, which obviously caught the attention of the attached production company Legendary Pictures. Piano director Peter Atencio has been hired on to direct. Adrian Bert Kreischer, Mark Hamill. What are you thinking?
1: Uh, this is kind of uh, cool. This is uh, this reminds me a little bit of Kevin Smith telling his crazy stories, not like personal stories, but these whack like pitches and then making movies about them after um, Bert Kreischer is, you know, I guess he's doing the same about a true story that happened to him back in the 1990s. Have you seen that YouTube clip? Have you watched the uh, I guess I think it's like 12 to 13 minutes long or however long it is.
0: I did. I watched it this week only because uh, you requested the story and I realized that it's probably important for context. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good story. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I feel like you could make a pretty good comedy about it. It seems a little bit ridiculous. Um, And it's pretty cool that Mark Hamill's attached. I'm assuming Mark Hamill's going to play some Russian gangster, which which I'm excited to see. Um, again, that's a total guess, but I don't know who else Mark Hamill would play in the story he told. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is kind of cool to see. I'm not a huge Burt Kreischer fan. Like I've seen a couple of his standups. He's not my favorite comedian. I'm not a huge like storyteller comedian, like fan of like storyteller comedians all that much. Occasionally I am, but uh, it's not my like favorite form of comedy. Yeah. Like he, he seems, uh, like it, it's interesting. Like the post he, again, I don't know Burt Kreischer all that well, but it, the post he like shared this information with was on Instagram. He's like, Oh, like, like not going to rehab. I'm actually making a movie. And then I was like, is this guy like a, a drug addict or an alcoholic? Cause this is a little bit sad if, if that really is the case, but yeah, uh, yeah like I, I don't know if that's a, a real thing or not, or if it was just a joke again, he is a comedian.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I like, I live in a university town and I feel like, You know, this I got the next door neighbors that are stealing stop signs. I get that vibe from him. I don't know what it is. Like, like you're on stage and you have no shirt on and you got a chain. Like, I just don't, I don't know. I got that vibe. And then he started telling the story. I'm like, oh yeah, he is one of these people. (laughs) He's just never grown out of it. That's what it felt like to me. Is that not accurate kind of like he's like a frat boy but he never didn't become a frat boy
1: yeah i guess so i guess i see where you're coming from one of those like bro bros
0: yeah he's like a bro yeah he's a bro he's like a chad
1: type yeah. type, type man sorry <laughs> it's if you're, fine. sorry if your name's chad and you're listening to this.
0: oh yeah yeah you know what i'm saying i think you i'm memeing i am I'm, I'm doing this based on memes if i'm if i'm referencing a karen i'm not offending karens that's not the point oh i am you know Okay, well, I'm not. Anyways, regardless, that's what it feels like to me a little bit, which isn't a bad thing, but it's just like, okay, okay, buddy. I've had my run in with with a couple of you out there. Like, he, like he, he yeah, the story is like he robs the train. You should watch that clip. It's worth watching, I think. It's actually a pretty good story. Like, he tells it very well. I don't mind storytelling comedians. I think they're entertaining for sure. But, like, he robs the train of his classmates. I'm like, okay, and he's, like, proud of it. I don't know if this is a true story, but it just feel, it makes me feel like he's kind of a dick. Like, yeah. I don't know. Is this good? Like, okay, great. You did that. That's awesome. That Thank you for being such an ass.
1: Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy that you wouldn't like. He's like your friend where you almost like pity, invite him to things. But every time you invite him, all your other friends are like, are you fucking serious? Him? Maybe
0: although the, the the literal movie's called The Machine and the people in Russia just love the guy. So I'm not sure that's necessarily true, but yeah. um yeah, I think he's he's a party animal, so that's that's
1: that's who he is. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm definitely curious. Yeah, I am like
0: judging his Hold on, I don't know this guy. I'm judging his character way too harshly here. But I, that's just the impression. Again, if you go on stage, you're not wearing a shirt like to start. You got like a pop belly. I don't know what what are you doing? Like just not that presentable. That's that's all that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying.
1: Whoa. Here. Whoa, you're so judgy. Am I judgy? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's fine, man. Do yeah.
0: I have to apologize to Brooke Kreischer? Yeah, I, right now I have no context to do so.
1: You should apologize because everything I said about him was a joke, I and mean, I feel like you mean it.
0: No, I'm, I'm like, I'm just saying. This is, these are the these. Are, this is my first impression of him, and I feel like when he started telling the story, I'm like, oh man, he just kind of just kind of is kind of, trying to solidify my yeah. my first impression.
1: You also you know talk smack. And you also talk smack about pot bellies. Like use that in no, a I'm negative just... con, like a context. So I feel like you should apologize to pot-belly pigs as well.
0: Oh, the pi- the the pigs.
1: Yeah, what I apologize
0: to pot-belly pigs. Yeah.
1: Sure. What do you think I meant?
0: Yeah. What?
1: What do you think I meant?
0: To pot. What do you mean?
1: Did you ever watch Keanu?
0: <laughs> I did. I did. I like Keanu. <laughs> Thank you for getting me out of that. Um. Uh. Keanu. Yeah, he's really good. It's it's a it's a. Yeah, I like Key and Peel quite a bit, and so I do like this movie. I want to see more of Key and Peel mashups together in future movies. Cause I feel like Jordan Peel has kind of gone off on his own now, and he's got like this buzzing horror movie career that's just so good. I'm so excited to see his next movie that comes out. Mm-hmm. But I do like when Keegan Michael Key and and uh, Peel like team up. It's it's fant- it's fantastic almost every time. So yeah, Kano is awesome. It's really funny. Did you like it?
1: I never watched it. I was curious.
0: Oh, you never even watched it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, Peter Tentio, the director of this film, also directed a lot of the episodes of Key and Peele as well, and I guess that's where uh, Key and Peele met him. Um, did you did you watch a lot of the Key and Peele skits, like the or even just any of the episodes?
1: Um, no, I don't think I've ever like sat down and watched many of the episodes. I've definitely seen a bunch of the like, uh, like skits. Funnily enough, one of my workmates showed me a skit yesterday and it's like a boxing. Like it's like these two boxers and literally just them like talking smack. But the one person keeps on saying like, I'm going to fuck you in the ass. Like ends up with fuck you in the ass. And then it like progressively gets more, um, almost romantic. It's like, I'm going to take you out to a nice dinner and blah, 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 blah. And he's doing like almost like a Mike Tyson presentation. Anyways, I'm I'm butchering this joke. I'm not going to... I don't even know the name. It was pretty funny. Cool. Cool, uh, cool, 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 yeah. cool. I cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, explained that very poorly. But I, I do like seeing them and stuff. Like, I really liked them in Fargo, the first season. That was a very pleasant surprise. And
0: Yeah. No, I know. That was... I forgot they were in that until you just mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were good in that. I enjoyed that they were in that. Yeah. Yeah, I... I will watch The Machine when it comes out, I think. Like, unless it's, again, extremely poorly reviewed. Unless it's as badly reviewed as, like, what is that movie called? The X-Force? The New Mutants? No, The the Force. The something Force? Thunder Force. Thunder Force. Is that it? Is that what it's called? Yes. Netflix, new movie, Thunder. Nelson McCarthy and uh, Jason Bateman? Yeah. Yeah. Thunder Force. Very badly reviewed. Like, just terribly reviewed. And I just can't imagine myself wanting to watch that movie. Actually, right now, as we talk on this podcast, I swear... My girlfriend is watching that upstairs. (laughs) She said to me, I'm going to watch this. I'm like, don't watch this. She's like, I'll just watch it when you're doing the podcast. (laughs) I'm like, why? It's so badly reviewed. I kind of have an interest to watch it because it's just ridiculous. Like the cover literally has Jason Bateman with freaking crab claws. (laughs) Like, what is this? Do you see that? I did. He's got giant crab (laughs) claws. Why? I don't know. Like, I guess. I don't know. Is it going to be a comedy in line with Adam Sandler's uh, Who Be Halloween*? Oh, maybe I it's love not, that movie. Maybe it's not terrible. I don't know. I just feel like every review I ever read on this movie has just been like, "This is a terrible movie." Like,
1: don't. <laughs> Why? Why was it made? Man, *Hubie Halloween*—what a what a romp that was! I yeah, that was such a good one. <laughs> I really like that movie, like unironically. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's not bad though, honestly. I, I didn't hate it. But you know what you're going in for. You know it's gonna be terrible. If yeah. you watch the trailer, I mean it tells you exactly what it is. In fact, Hoobie Halloween is not as badly reviewed as Thunder Force. So mm-hmm. it's 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. So
1: I, I mean, I don't know. 53% of people are right. Yeah, for sure.
0: Alrighty then. Now on to the montage. A sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one. As Variety reports, actor Benedict Cumberbatch has just been cast in a Netflix limited series adaptation of the famous John Buchan novel, 39 Steps, that follows a man who becomes embroiled in a global conspiracy.
1: Oh, conspiracies, just like COVID. I'm kidding. <laughs> Number two. As
0: publication deadline reports, Kill Bill actor Lucy Liu has been cast as DC villain Calypso in Shazam Fury of the Gods. This cast is getting quite wild. Wait, is it? This is Zachary Levi and Lucy Liu. Who else is in it? Oh, I was mixing this up with Black Adam. Yeah, they are kind of similar. Yeah, like the they wear the same world outfits. Yeah, yeah they're going to clash for sure. In the near future. Mm -hmm. Number three, according to Deadline, the morning show actor Janina Gavankar has been cast as Commander Knox in director Eli Roth's film adaptation of video game Borderlands.
1: Ooh, Janina Gavankar is also in Blind Spotting, which is a movie I really love. Number four, according to Variety, Back to the Future director
0: Robert Zemeckis and Moana screenwriters the Candle Twins have been hired on to create an emotional comedy called Lucky. I wonder what kind of emotion they're going to add to this comedy. Number five. As Deadline reports, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actor Gabrielle Luna has been cast as Joel's brother, Tommy, in HBO's TV series adaptation of video game series The Last of Us.
1: Ooh, it's interesting. Um, They've obviously, like, changed the race of Joel and Tommy to be Hispanic in this show. It makes sense that, like, Gabrielle Luna is being cast, um... Because Pedro Pascal, again, is a Hispanic man as well. So makes sense that they cast another Hispanic person to play his brother. Number six, as Variety reports, Patricia Gucci has stated
0: on the record that she is disappointed by the making of Ridley Scott's latest crime drama film, The House of Gucci, starring actors Adam Driver, Lady Gaga, and Jared Leto. The true crime story follows Patricia's arranged murder of her husband, Maurizio Gucci. Why would she be upset about this? Number 7. As reported by Deadline, Black Swan Oscar winner Natalie Portman has been cast in the film adaptation for Elena Fuente's popular novel Days of Abandonment for HBO Films. Oh,
1: interesting, Natalie Portman's best role being in the Star Wars prequel trilogy.
0: What? Okay. Number 8. As The Hollywood Reporter notes, Netflix has renewed producer Shonda Rhimes' period drama TV series Bridgerton for seasons three and four, ahead of its second season debut.
1: Oh, interesting. I, w- I don't like period pieces, but I again, I really love Grey's Anatomy, so I might just give this one a shot, but probably not. Will it break that fourth season Netflix
0: live action rule that we talked about in a previous episode of our show? If If a series is going to, I feel
1: like it's going to be this one.
0: Number nine. As website NME reports, Deadpool 2 actor Rob Delaney, Dr. Strange actor Chiwetel Ejiofor, and Skyfall actress Naomi Harris have been cast in the TV series adaptation of the 1970s David Bowie starring film The Man Who Fell to
1: Earth. That's about an alien who has come to Earth in search of water to save his home planet.
0: Number 10. As reported by Variety, Casino Royale director Martin Campbell's next action film Memory will star Liam Neeson. Monica Bellucci, and Guy Pierce.
1: Interesting. Casino Royale. Pretty uh, pretty okay movie. I enjoyed it enough.
0: And that concludes the montage. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool, 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 cool. Adrian, what do you have for me? What do you have?
1: I got new releases for you.
0: Is that so? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What new releases are
1: coming out this week, my friend? For the week of whatever month we're in, April. 19th to April the 25th. We got a few movies coming out this week. The first one being on Tuesday, uh April the 20th. And that movie is called Night of the Sicario. Ooh. Ooh this is confirmed by Apple TV app in the trailer itself. It's a video on demand movie. It's about DEA agents.
0: DEA agents. Thought you were going to start singing. Why? Do we do a musical episode of our podcast? What do you think? No. Oh, actually, speaking of musical episodes, I sent you a clip, or somebody sent you a clip, because of course we don't talk about that in this podcast, of the show Cop Rock from the 1990s. Did you watch the clips? I did. I did indeed.
1: Yeah? It's awful.
0: (laughs) But don't you think it's probably better, though, than that episode
1: of Grey's Anatomy? It might be, because at least it's original, and it's, I guess, in relation to what's going on more so
0: look look man i was singing that baby merchant song long after i listened to the clip when i after i sent it to you that's mm-hmm. all i'm gonna say you know what i'm talking about did you get to that did you get that far in the clip yeah there you sent me two didn't you yeah i'm just wondering if oh, sorry, you not how you. far you not you yeah no, of no, course no, no, no. somebody else because we don't talk us at this podcast Never. they'll get it they get it the audience gets it but uh how far did you like watch the clips
1: i watched both of them in full yeah
0: <laughs> no way okay cool <laughs> yeah yeah anyway baby merchant audience out there search up baby merchant cop rock you won't be disappointed it's catchy it's catchy come on you thought it was catchy
1: uh, i don't recommend it whatsoever
0: that actor's head head movements the head bobs
1: come on mm. that guy wow mm. wow mm. Have, have those been, people gone on to do anything
0: i don't know i'm trying to think about it i feel like i've seen the baby merchant guy mm. like the guy you're singing Um mm. the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. baby merchant anyway Jesus. it's incredible it's incredible it's an incredible show they they should remake that today. That's what the, what are they what are they doing? Make, remaking all these other things, remake Cobb rock. Come on, come on.
1: They did have that <laughs> one series. I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but that uh, I think it was maybe NBC went for like two or three seasons called Gallivant, which was like that music. Oh yes,
0: genre. that was yes that was actually apparently not terrible
1: yeah i think it was i think it was a comedy as well though like it 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 embraced what it was
0: yeah yeah i feel like this was too serious Yeah, like they were literally talking about the second clip i sent you at one point, someone literally says, like, there's a reporter interviewing, I think it was either a cop or a lawyer, and they're like, do you think this had racial overtones? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Are you kidding? <laughs> they were taking everything like it was, a, it was a drama musical. It was so ahead of its time. <laughs> it was. I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like uh, Grey's Anatomy, you know, stood on the, you know, the footprints that cop rock. Left, the big... They're trying to fill the big shoes. The rock footprints. They left left 20 years ago. They're, yeah, the rock rock footprints. I don't know what that even means, Adrian. Come on. Anyways, what's this movie about? Night of the Sicario. Did you even finish talking about it? Or did you just no. say D a couple times and then we talked about musicals?
1: Yeah. D A agents do what? Do what, Adrian? They get ambushed by the cartel when trying to deliver a key witness for a case. Now, like two of them. They survived... And are on the run with the person that's the witness from the Sakar, the Qatar, the cartel. Cool, man. What's up next? This next movie comes out the next day on Wednesday, April the twenty first, and it's a movie called Tell Me When. It's a Netflix original film about a workaholic who puts his life on hold to go to Mexico City and fall in love to fulfill his grandfather's dying wish. Hmm. <laughs> Imagine your your grandfather's dying and he looks at you and all he says is just fall in love in mexico city and then just passes away oh man it's sad (laughs) and then now you're like god damn it i gotta go to mexico city and fall in love with yes yeah what choice do i have but grandpa i'm already in love (laughs) here
0: (laughs) i'm married (laughs) look at the ring grandpa (laughs) fulfill my dying wish he's the love of my life no (laughs) and then you immediately file
1: divorce papers yeah move to mexico city or you commit adultery Oh, neither of which I condone. Okay.
0: It's way, way darker and you're not really emphasizing anything here.
1: Yeah. Or specifying. Anyway,
0: what else is coming out, Adrian? Come on. Come on, my buddy.
1: Well, the next day after the 21st, which is a Wednesday, is the 22nd of April, which is a Thursday. And the first movie that's coming out that day is a movie called Searching for Sheila. It's a Netflix documentary about journalists looking for Sheila. (sighs) Okay. Who's Sheila? I don't know. I didn't look that far.
0: Is there like a religious thing? I
1: I, I genuinely have no clue who Sheila is.
0: Okay, that's fair.
1: Yeah. All right, what else we got? I don't know. I'll tell you what else we got. I'll tell you what else we got, man. It's a movie called Homunculus, which is a Netflix original film. It's about a homeless man who suffers from amnesia that wakes up after having an experiment performed on him. And now he can seize people's deepest traumas. He can seize people's... Traumas is deepest
0: traumas is deep deepest. You know, you go with the plurals again. I feel like at a certain clock time of each podcast, you just lose all essence of what a plural is every episode. That's not true. I think I, I thought you were gonna say that's not true, but you <laughs> didn't. So I mean maybe you're right. Maybe maybe it's not true. That's exactly all right. What, right. <laughs> what what else is coming out? What else is coming out, Adrian? Come on,
1: man. Oh, no, away. Is coming out, and this is uh, releasing on Netflix internationally, but on Amazon Prime here in Canada. Oh, weird. Yeah, and let me read you the description I wrote. On a trip to Mars, astronauts come across an accidental stowaway in the ship, and with supplies quickly dwindling as they didn't plan for this extra person, the astronauts decide to do something that's not too moral. But the medical researcher on board is not down for that, man.
0: Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, super cool. Cannibalism?
1: Question mark? I assume they just... Huh, good question, actually. I was thinking that they were just going to shoot him out of the spaceship, but cannibalism makes more senses.
0: Well, I'm wondering if they ran too... Like, they were going to run out of supplies. Like, they waited too long. They're like, oh, oh, well... We're not going to do anything drastic, but then they realize too late. They're like, well, now we don't have supplies enough for four of us, and then they have to eat the person.
1: No, what they probably did is that they gave all their supplies to that one person with the plan of cutting them open in the future to reuse those supplies as well as fatten the person up.
0: Yeah, like the movie, not a movie, but the good old folktale, Hansel and Gretel.
1: Mm -hmm, That one, yeah. This is Hansel and Gretel in space, Hansel and Gretel in space.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, except the astronauts are witches and the stowaways Hansel or Gretel. It's or both Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, it's both.
0: It's both. Okay. Cool, 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 cool.
1: What's up next, sir? So the rest of these movies are all coming out on Friday, April 23rd. The first movie that's coming out is a movie called Bloodthirsty. This was confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. And it's about an indie singer who finds out she might be a werewolf when she and her girlfriend are at a remote home owned by her music producer. Oh, boy. However, this movie movie's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with 14 reviews, so 14 people really liked it. And wow, that's wild. Yeah. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Sweet River. This is confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. It's a video-on-demand movie. It's about a woman who searches for her son's body and is led to a small town called Billing. But things get creepy because this is a horror movie when she starts getting invoices for things like dun, dun, dun. like her dying grandfather's cancer bill and the reason why her son what? her son's body is in the small town called billing is because he mixed it up with Mexico City on his search for love after divorcing his wife
0: and turns out there's a werewolf who lives in the town, mm-hmm. who loves
1: to do Mortal Kombat. The <laughs> next movie on this list, which is releasing on HBO Max and theaters, this looks like an absolute blast. But I can't give it, it does a, it does yeah. But yeah, I can't give it a look in the theater. I know it yeah.
0: sucks. This would have definitely been a, it would have been a movie we would have gone to see. Mm-hmm. The trailer actually looks pretty good. Maybe it looks like a fun time for sure. Yeah, and uh, it's a missed opportunity unfortunately because we're deep into this lockdown at this point like halfway through so it's not gonna not even halfway actually not even halfway through the lockdown so
1: it sucks i'm tempted to pay for this just because i feel like like i'm tempted to rent (sighs) i know it's 25 Uh, dollars, but i'm I'm tempted just because like i don't know man i'm hankering for that new movie experience and i just love like i'm not a huge mortal combat fan i just don't like fighting games but I love just that ultra grotesque violence of, you know, like just tearing out people's fucking spines and shit. It's nuts. I don't think it's going to be that extreme.
0: I think they're going to tone it down in that aspect. I mm-hmm. think that you can't really go that far. Like that's like they pull people's intestines in that game. And like they, the finishing kills are
1: they are truly grotesque.
0: The, I don't think they're going to go that extreme.
1: I hope so. Because in the trailer, one guy's arms gets blown off. Oh, both his arms. Well, okay. It's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? just get frozen solid and then just destroyed. Like this is awesome.
0: So like when you wrote here for Mortal Kombat as a description, looks like a blast. You meant like a looks like a blast in other ways, like blast of two men's arms. Yeah. One man's
1: arms. Sorry. Two no, it's two men's arms. That one man <laughs> two men's that one two man man's. is actually Hansel and Gretel inside yes. a spaceship. Because they're a stowaway right.
0: Yes, there was escaping Sweet River because of the werewolf. Because of the werewolf, and and of course the invoices that they found in billing, but there's um, they left too early because of course right after that the demon slayer, which is the next, (laughs) which showed up, the demon slayer showed up, which is the next movie on this list, demon slayer, the movie that you're about to discuss.
1: Yeah, demon slayer, Majin Train, I think, is how you pronounce it is confirmed by m.the-numbers.com and the Cineplex application this is coming to theaters this is kind of like a uh, like a standalone anime movie that's part of the demon slayer anime like show but it's like oh. this kind of like standalone movie uh uses the same characters a lot of these like anime movies i think they're like OVAs like a, a, i think that's what they're called they're what like does OVA standpoint. um One second. It's like original video animation or something like that. But they're usually like animated feature films.
0: Original video animation. Yeah, that's correct.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So they're like usually like feature length films that are like part of a anime series. But usually these movies have no real effect on the series, like ongoing story. And it's like they're kind of canon, but at the same time it's not really canon because they're rarely if ever referenced in the main like storyline. So, um, yeah. I see. Anime movies are kind of weird when it comes to that. It's rare that they're like, yeah, like this, oh, this big event is happening. And then it's like a movie. It's usually like a self-contained story, like a story arc. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, And then the final movie that is coming out this week is a movie called Together Together. This was confirmed by dot the- numberscom and Movie Insider. And it's coming to theaters. Uh, this is a Sundance dramedy movie starring Patty Harrison and Ed Helms about a single man who hires a 20-something-year-old woman to be the surrogate mother to his child. Hmm.
0: I see. Yeah. yeah. Does this look good? I didn't notice this film, or um, the
1: trailer for it. I watched the trailer. It seems pretty interesting. Like It seems like something I would probably enjoy. It's well-rated, from what I recall. It's over an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes, um, if I recall. But yeah, it seems pretty good. I, I would recommend watching the trailer. Again, you can't rent it. It's it's apparently just coming to theaters, and obviously we can't watch that. That sucks. Um, yeah, it's eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, forty seven reviews.
0: Okay, yeah, cool. Maybe we'll get to see it someday. Maybe,
1: maybe. Yeah, it is just like a limited theater release, so it's probably like it'll probably come out in VOD in the next little bit. I think I'm looking this up right now. IMDb listed as May eleventh. For its actual release date, although every other website says April 23rd. So maybe May 11th is its like, streaming release.
0: Oh, okay, maybe. <sighs> cool. Is that all the movies coming out this week? Good, sir.
1: It is indeed, my friend. It is indeed.
0: Alrighty. Well then, let's reach back into that mailbag for a moment here, shall we? As mentioned at the top of our show, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And... My brother Oliver wrote into us, and he said, Hi, how would each of you rank David Fincher movies from best to not the best? Obviously, only includes the ones you have both seen. Signed, Oliver. Now, I like this question's great, but I'm questioning how many David Fincher movies you've seen, Adrian?
1: Not many, actually. How many have you seen? Four. Okay, name them. I have seen seven, Fight Club, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button and Mank. Okay. I'm kind of curious to see your ranking on those four movies.
0: Um what's your best what's the best movie from those four? 7. Oh,
1: interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then where does it go from there? Uh probably Fight Club, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button and Mank. So literally the order I read them in. Oh, crazy. Okay. Cool. Oh, sorry. Uh Alien 3 that's actually my favorite one. Is it actually? No, I never watched it. I know it's very bad, badly rated. Maybe I did actually watch Alien 3. I feel like I didn't. But no, I did watch Alien 3 now that I'm looking at this. Really? That is definitely. I thought I only watched the first two, but I just clicked on the the link and it's telling me like it's reading the plot. And I remember this plot. So unless I'm imagining that I've watched this movie and I've only read this description before, I remember this. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I've definitely read it. But I'm pretty sure David Fincher, like, doesn't say that this is a movie that's actually his. Like, didn't he, like, disown Alien 3? I could be wrong.
0: He might have. I don't know. I have not seen Alien 3, so I don't have as much perspective on that one. Yeah. That one's, like, his, one of his older movies. Like, he.
1: I think it's his first one. Yeah, 1992. Like
0: he, I think yep, 1992. He was initially, if I'm not mistaken, he was a music video director. Like that was the majority of his work for years, and then he got into films. I think it might have been with Alien Three. I'm looking at his his listing here, and then after Alien Three, I think it was seven. After doing a few more music videos, and then from seven, it was the game. Like that's pretty well-known. Then Fight Club. There's like Panic Room. Oh, that's cool. He did a Nine Inch Nails music video, which explains, I guess, his connection to Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor, which makes a lot of sense because, again, they're featured in a lot of his movies as the, the composers, which I find truly interesting. And it makes his movies... I feel like even better just because Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross do the score, so that's pretty cool yeah. too. I think, I, I guess, based on I mean, I guess my own interpretation of what my brother is asking is for for us here, I guess I'll do my listing of the movies I've seen, or should I do the listing based on the movies you've seen?
1: Uh no, based on the movies you've seen. Let's just do it like that, real quick. Uh, according to Wikipedia, real uh, David Fincher eventually disowned the film Alien Three. Later stating in an interview with The Guardian in 2009 that no one hated it more than me. To this day, no one hates it more than me. That's fair. I think that's probably his least, his, like his worst reviewed movie as well. Anyways, if I were going to say like where that lands, it's probably number, I don't know. It's not a good movie, but I I had a more enjoyable time watching that than I did Man Can Curious Case of Benjamin Button. So I'm going to put number three, which is probably ridiculous. Wow. Ahead of- The Curious Case, wow, okay, cool. Yeah, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button is depressing. It's really sad. I don't know.
0: It is, but so is, I mean, so is Nomadland.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was pretty young when I watched Curious Case of Benjamin Button, so I didn't appreciate it as much. I feel like maybe if I watch it now, I would like it more, but I remember being a kid and being like, this is way too sad.
0: Curious Case of Benjamin Button always struck me as almost like Forrest Gump. Like it's this epic that kind of just travels through time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the time mm-hmm. travels wife. Uh, no, I don't know. That's not what I meant. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: No. I, Anyways, what? Did no, you, I, how would you rank the movies? Best, not the best. Okay.
0: So up first, I've got eight. By the way, I've got eight movies. Oh. Uh, up at number one, I've got Fight Club. I really love Fight Club. I, I, I definitely tossed up which one I would put at number one, but uh, I, I went with Fight Club in the end because it's. I think it's one of my favorite movies ever oh it's in a top it's definitely in the in the, my top echelon of favorite movies but number two is the girl with the dragon tattoo which i think is just amazing starring daniel craig and rooney mara and christopher Plummer, who are, of course unfortunately passed away this year uh and then number three i've got mank who which i know you don't like i i was interested to see that you didn't put mank at the, as your last one because i really thought you hated mank
1: it is my last one but anyway
0: no, The Curious Case, I thought was... The-
1: no, Curious Case was before Mank. Oh, Unless shit. Unless I read it wrong. You put Alien wrong.
0: 3 above Mank? Yeah. That's so weird. All right. You're a weird man. Anyway, number four, we got The Social Network, which is amazing. Uh, number five, Gone Girl with Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike. And number six, Zodiac with, with uh, good old Robert Downey Jr. And then we've got uh, Seven is Seven, which I, I just realized is poetic, but I didn't do that on purpose, so <laughs> that's... I do really like Seven, by the way. I like every one of these movies. So putting them in in any order here is kind of difficult for me in general because I really like David Fincher's films. I haven't seen Alien 3, so I don't really have a perspective on that one. And number eight, I've got The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which he's just felt too generic for me to really love it too much. And I feel like kind of like you, I watched it too young and I feel like I have to watch it again to appreciate it again. But you're right, it was also depressing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I will like it really that much more, but that's my list, which I feel like could fluctuate because honestly, they're all really good. He's got such a tight filmmaking style. The other thing I'd like to mention, as honorable mention, House of Cards and Mindhunter are also fantastic. They're not obviously movies, but they're extremely good, Like the, especially the first season of House of Cards. Amazing, and Mindhunter is incredible. I really hope that they make season three, but uh, he he likes making that kind of true crime a drama like Zodiac and seven and like Mindhunter kind of just follows that trend. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of David Fincher. Honestly, I, I must say, and I'm, 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 I'll sign me up for any movie he makes in the future or any TV series. Cause again, tight filmmaking. Like he's, he's very particular, apparently according to again, rumors uh, on set in terms of like repeating takes constantly. And I think it shows because I, I think that he, I mean, even mank, I know that you didn't love it, but if you like even just looking at the cinematography or how it didn't seem like anything was out of place at any point, I think you would agree that that
1: part. Oh, definitely. Is, definitely.
0: Yeah. I like this question. It was cool. We didn't we don't get questions like this too often that are like, you know, where would you rank a director's films? But it's tough because I feel like I didn't really talk to my brother about this beforehand, but David Fincher is probably the director I've seen a lot of the movies for like there's a lot he could if he said Spielberg I'd be not a loss for words but I haven't seen as many Spielberg movies as I have David Fincher movies so this worked out as a coincidence but mm-hmm. anyway it was nice that you had four as well so oh five you had five right yeah yeah you had alien
1: three I didn't have that yeah anyway I haven't seen any of the alien movies that's a shortcoming alien is really good. Like, I really like the first Alien. I really, really like Aliens as well, which is a, the sequel movie. That one is like... That's such a... Why would you name it this?
0: I feel like that that is the it makes the sense. first
1: mistake. No, it makes sense. Because there's more <laughs> sure. than one alien in Aliens. There's multiple aliens.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that's what they said in the, in the boardroom when they were talking about it. Like, what should we call this? Well, mm-hmm. there's more than one alien. You get what I'm... You know what I'm saying, Jim? It's I'm Alien like, Inns. Wait, wait. It? Oh, you're saying just add an S. Yeah. Oh, you're a genius.
1: Anyways, that movie is really good, though. I really, really love that movie. Um, Alien I know, 3. I know, it's good. Um, Again, I think it's whatever. It's just not like... <laughs> it's, it's not that great of a movie, but for whatever reason. It's, like, it's enjoyable enough if you're in the right place. And then... Prometheus I really liked that's actually written by Damon Lindelof funnily enough I know it's not very well rated but I really like Prometheus it's like the slow burn setting up some stuff Uh, and then Alien Covenant I think I talked about it on a previous episode when we were talking about yeah Godzilla versus King Kong King Kong the Kong movie starring Kong the Godzilla Um, that it's just filled with the dumbest freaking scientists ever made ever produced. They're just the the most idiotic scientists. It's a fun enough time, but they're all idiots. Every single one of them. Yeah. So yeah, that's my review. Cool. That's my review. That's great. That's great. Of the Alien franchise. You know what? I'm going to rate the Alien franchise right now for you. You ready? Yes, ready. Alien at number one. Okay. All right. Aliens at number two. Good. Prometheus at number three. Ooh. Alien Covenant at number four. And Alien 3 at number five. You know what? I'm definitely doing a, Dave, a, a David service, a disservice to the David Fincher. Alien Three definitely in last place. That movie's not good. The more I think about it, I was like, I don't even have fun with it. I don't even really. Oh,
0: have. last place for the David Fincher movie. Yeah, yeah. I would argue that's the case, but I mean, I didn't see that movie, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm out
1: of my goddamn mind. I didn't like Mank, but Mank like Mank is objectively a better movie than Alien Three, like just objectively. So I, I, I can't, I can't.
0: Because you specifically said that seven is your favorite one, I definitely recommend again, greatly for you to watch *Girl with the Dragon Tattoo*. It is such a good movie. It's such a good adaptation. Well, I actually don't know if it's a good adaptation in that I didn't read the book, but I think it's a good film, standalone for sure, and it's definitely worth watching. Okay, man, I recommend that because you again you put seven as the top one. Zodiac less so. Again, also about about murder about true crime but watch girl with the dragon tattoo also an incredible score from trent reznor and atticus ross in that one as well as the social network actually but again for the true crime aspect because again you put seven as your first first option there cool all right thank you oliver thank you kenneth Stadelbauer, for writing into us once again i appreciate you guys and uh, i hope that we can get more people writing into us to Split Focus Podcast at gmail.com. more people subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts, please subscribe, write a quick review. And thank you, Adrian, for joining me. Do you have anything to add? Anything to tell the audience, tell me, perhaps?
1: You're welcome, Simon. Um, I actually do have something to add. You never asked me what I ate for dinner. I ate, uh... <laughs> okay. I ate burek. You know what burek is. Have I talked about it on this show? Burek.
0: Yeah, I don't think on the show you have.
1: Yeah. It's like essentially like a puff pastry pie with meat in it. Well, at least I get the meat-filled one. You can get cheese and different flavors. But anyways, I got the meat-flavored one. You can buy it at the Hungarian store here in uh, Guelph. My lover actually works there, so she gets it for me, which is awesome. Nice. It's delicious. I love it. Get a little bit of... What kind of meat is it? Beef? Yeah, it's beef. Oh, okay. You can get different like types. Here, not as much. But like when I'm in Serbia, it's like something I eat all the time. I would go there like... They have like bakeries in like the small town that my parents are, are from. And like when I would hang out with my my buddy there, we would uh, just get drunk downtown and then go to the bakery at like two in the morning, like past midnight, whatever, and then order like a pizza burek, And um, we would eat that and drink like yogurt with it, like a drinkable drink yogurt. Yeah, it's like a sour, like drinkable yogurt. It's delicious. You can actually huh. it, the closest thing that you could get here, like in Canada to that is it's called kefir. K-E-F-I-R. You can buy them at Costco. It's really good. I, I recommend it. It's it's like just sour yogurt that you drink. It's delicious. Huh. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. I guess like a full circle, we talked about food at the beginning of the podcast, and now we end with talking about food. Yeah, man. Food's good, man. Kind of nice, I suppose. And with that being said, thank you for listening to the 42nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this
1: is Adrian Pinter signing off. I'm Adrian Pinter, and I'm, I'm signing off as well. And I'm signing off by saying that Batman v. Superman is a good movie. It's a great movie. I really like it. And I recommend those out there to watch it, all of you. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye.